Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, July 17th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, reducing neighborhood blight and putting properties back on the tax rolls is the goal of a project underway in Mississippi's capital city. Find out how Mississippi compares to the rest of the country when it comes to jobs. And the leader of the federal agency tasked with promoting the arts in Missis- is in Mississippi, talking about the importance of art in revitalizing communities across the state. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A plan to attack blight in the capital city is gaining momentum and could spread across Mississippi. Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman, House Speaker Philip Gunn, and Jackson Mayor Shokwe Antar Lamumba unveiled the initiative Monday on a demolition site. The effort involves returning tax-forfeited properties to the tax rolls to increase revenue. It's an online auction that allows those with a vested interest to purchase properties where foliage has been cleared or a dilapidated building has been demolished. The heavy lifting of clearing the land and helping to find buyers is work donated from nonprofit partner Revitalize Mississippi. Secretary Hoseman says in Jackson, they're selling 611 tax forfeited properties worth about $6.4 million to distribute to the city, county and schools. Newly elected Mayor Lumumba tells MPB's Desiree Frazier it's an opportunity for change. It's a good beginning. Uh, it's not only, you know, an opportunity to make certain that our city it has a more aesthetic appeal, but it's an opportunity to change and, and correct the culture in the city that shows that we're moving in a new direction, getting rid of uh, the debris of old and, and moving towards new beginnings that not only move our city into being a model for the state of Mississippi, but making our city and our state a model for the world. As the new mayor of Jackson, just coming into office, tell us how the capital city should resonate with the entire state. Because if you don't live in Jackson, you might go, why should I care? Why should anyone care? Well, the reality is that so goes the city of Jackson, the capital, so goes the state of Mississippi. We're the largest uh, source of revenue for the state. More than half of our buildings downtown are, are state buildings that we don't receive any taxes from. And so we're happy to do our share. We're happy to be a part of the state. And we just want, you know, that operational unity that I was speaking of to demonstrate our collective interest and move forward into, you know, a a better vision of of what we can become. So how do you think this online auction is going to help that come to pass? Uh, Well, it will not only destroy or get rid of blighted properties, but it will allow us to, to get more people back on the tax rolls in order to contribute to our city that can contribute to the upkeep and maintain our city, which is critically important. And so it's a win-win, as, as was stated by Dr. Johnston. And so it's identifying what our common interests are and working together so that we can see the results we all desire. 
One of the concerns, as you know, is the infrastructure, the roads. And you heard Speaker Gunn mention that there is a new effort underway involving state funds to help with that. Your vision for turning this around? Well, it's absolutely critical. Uh, our infrastructure is, is deplorable. Uh, but I think we have an opportunity to take our crumbling infrastructure and turn it into an economic frontier. Uh, in essence, this is Jackson's New Deal that, that Roosevelt spoke of. And so this is our opportunity not only to fix our roads and make certain that we can develop economically behind that and show businesses where they, fought, where they fit into the, the scheme, but it's also an opportunity to build jobs. And, and so there's a nexus between all, a lot of these issues. It's also an opportunity for economic development. It's an opportunity to reduce opportunity for crime. All of these things are interconnected. We have to begin with the end in mind that everything we do is, is, is for a greater purpose of how we build our city and work together. The argument is, for some, nothing changes overnight. For others, well, we want to see stuff happen yeah. right away. And I think that our, our citizens understand that it won't happen overnight. Uh, one thing, one of our greatest resources as a city is our constituency, are the citizens of Jackson who have demonstrated a willingness to sacrifice. And I believe that they want leadership that demonstrates the same. And so I, I am fully committed to doing that, to demonstrating a willingness to commit to that. And it will be difficult days. And lastly, an ode to your dad. What would he say, do you think, about winning the seat and moving forward? I would hope that he would be proud, but I would want to tell him that I'm proud of him. And I'm proud of he and my mother for giving me the example of community service. And so uh, this means a lot. He'd uh, probably tell me that, that he was the part of starting this. You know, he would, he would make fun of me. And then I'd have to remind him that I beat him by a couple of points in my election than what he won. So we would have our, our own little competition in that. So. We appreciate you speaking with us. Just want to, you know, encourage people to, to focus on the city of Jackson and focus on, you know, not only changing our city, but being a model for everyone else of what we can accomplish when we work together. Thank you, Mayor Lamamba. Thank you. In recent years, successful auctions in Bay St. Louis, Greenville, Macomb, Vicksburg, and Yazoo City have raised thousands for Mississippi schools, municipalities, and counties. Secretary Delbert Hoseman tells MPB's Desiree Frazier it's good for the state. It's good for the state because we get tax revenues, go back to the cities and the counties and schools, and it gets us off the rolls, off the tax rolls. So it's, it's been a real win-win. Uh, you talked about the state generated, what, $2.7 million doing these auctions? We have $2.7 million. That's so far. And we have 118 bids in Jackson now that we're waiting on. We have some others from the coast, from Pearl River County. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll exceed $3 million in, in the last year and a half, really. We've, we've really worked hard on this part of it. And I, I want to say one other thing. This is not about tearing down a house. This is about planting the seed. This is a seed in this community that will allow these kids to be able to go outside without problems in some abandoned home where there's mischief going on uh, so they can raise their families here, they can go to school here and come back and be leaders in, in Jackson and in the state of Mississippi. So every seed that we can plant like this, as I say in the Bible, grows back tenfold, a hundredfold. And I'm, I'm excited about doing this. So I don't, I don't want people just to see a, a big backhoe tear down a house. That's not what we're doing. What we're doing is planting a seed for the community. People who don't live in Jackson, why should they care about this? Well, first of all, we're everywhere. We're in Greenwood, uh, Meridian, uh, Greenville, um, the coast, Macomb. We, we've gone all over doing this, so it's a statewide thing. The second is this is a capital city. Um, when people come to our capital to research whether or not they're going to move their industry here or, 
or whether or not they want to live here or start their factory here. We, we want our capital city to reflect a positive, growing place, and this is the way we do it. As I said before, it's not the fact that we raised $2.7 million. It's the fact that we have shown each one of these communities that the state cares and the city cares, and we are planting a seed here for the future, and that, that seed will grow, I think, uh, to prosper everybody that's in the surrounding area. Thank you so much for your time. It's good to see you. Thank you. Properties are being auctioned off statewide. Visit the public land section of the Secretary of State website for more information. Coming up, find out if Mississippi is indeed the worst state for jobs. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Some job seekers in the Magnolia State are successfully finding work. Others may be getting mixed messages about the state of employment in Mississippi. The latest information announced by the Mississippi Department of Employment Security says unemployment is at an all-time low. Mississippi's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate was 4.9% in May, the lowest level since the U.S. Department of Labor began publishing state unemployment rates in January 1976. Meanwhile, analysts at personal finance website WalletHub say Mississippi is one of the country's worst uh, states for jobs. They compared the 50 states across 24 indicators of job market strength, opportunity, and economic vitality. Consumer finance expert Jill Gonzalez breaks down the findings. To see which states were best to find a job right now, we looked at two things. Obviously, the job market, so things like unemployment and underemployment rates, job opportunities, the job creation scores there, as well as employer-based retirement plans. We also looked at the overall economic environment, everything from starting and median salaries to the percentage of the workforce still living below the poverty line to what the tax burden is from state to state. I noticed that our lowest score is in monthly average starting salary. We came in 49th. How does our monthly average starting salary compare to states that do much better? We saw pretty big differences, not only from state to state, but even maybe bordering states. And compared to states near the top of this list, we saw about a three-time difference here. So other states like New York, New Jersey, Washington State, Colorado are making a lot more money. And that's, again, just starting off. We came in 41st for average length of work week. Does that mean shorter hours? That actually means longer hours. So right now, the average weekly hours worked in Mississippi is just under 40 hours. It's about 39.5. There are still other states where the average weekly hours worked are more like 35 hours, but the wages are still better and there's still less people living below that poverty line. Now, job opportunities, 47, so pretty horrible there. Are those full-time jobs or are they skilled jobs? Do you break it out that specifically? This is just a number from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So job opportunities means full-time, it means part-time. And how we looked at this was we took the number of current job openings and we subtracted the unemployment rate from that number. And there's still about a 5% deficit 
of jobs that just are not available for the people that need them. I'm a little surprised because job satisfaction Mississippi is at 34th place. You would think with all of the negative things you've just said that our job satisfaction might be 50th as well, or at least in the 40s. Can you explain that? I think that means that the people who are employed for the most part are pretty satisfied overall with their jobs, at least more so than people in other states. We also looked into job security, and this is the probability that an individual will keep his or her job. This isn't self-reported. This is actually another BLS statistic, and Mississippi actually does better than average right now at number 24 out of all 50 states. One other thing that we looked at was employment growth, and that's essentially the people 16 and up that are employed, whereas last year they weren't. And that employment growth has been growing in Mississippi steadily, albeit slowly, over the past five years. It's now really up to employers to make sure that the job opportunities are readily available and that the wages are sufficient to keep up with cost of living. We've been speaking with Jill Gonzalez, who is an analyst for Wild Hub. Thanks so much, Jill. Anytime. Mark Henry is executive director of the State Department of Employment Security. He says the state has increasingly more job opportunities. The Mississippi unemployment rate fell to 4.9 percent, and that is the lowest unemployment rate that has ever been recorded in the state of Mississippi since the U.S. Department of Labor began calculating state unemployment rates in January of 1976. To what do you attribute that? Well, of course, more people are getting jobs. I mean, if you look back over the year from May of uh, 2016 to May of 2017, you will see that the rate has fallen a full percentage point. It was 5.9% a year ago in May of uh, 2016. And as I said, now it is 4.9% in May of 2017. 35,500 jobs have been added since May a year ago. Well, that's right. Although I will add this, this is one of those things that people hate to hear about, but I always have to give this explanation when people ask me. The U.S. Department of Labor calculates the unemployment rate, and they also calculate a a number of jobs in the state. There's only one problem. They do that through two different methods. So to use the cliche, they're apples and oranges. But having said that, the number of jobs in the state is increasing along with, the, of course, the falling unemployment rate. The unemployment numbers can also be affected by someone who may be looking for a job. That person or people who go through that procedure are not reflected in the numbers. Is that correct? They are not reflected in the numbers of being unemployed. They are not reflected in the calculations that lead to the unemployment rate. Because it's based on the idea, just as you were saying, I do not have a job, but I would like to have a job. I am looking for a job. Obviously, people who don't have jobs who aren't looking for jobs, whether they're retired or they're in prison, obviously they're not counted as uh, being unemployed because they're not actively looking for work right then. Now, I will say this. The numbers do bounce around from month to month, but as you pointed out a minute ago, the trend for the past couple of years, particularly the last year, has been for the labor force to grow. In other words, more people are either have jobs or are looking for jobs. And for the number of unemployed people, those people that don't have jobs but are, would like to have a job, the size of the labor force has been increasing over the past year and the size of the uh, number of unemployed has been declining. In fact, in May of 2017, 
fewer Mississippians were unemployed than at any other time since May of 1999. So obviously those trends are in the right direction. Per capita income in 2015 in Mississippi was $21,300. That's $8,700 lower than the national average. A research company, WalletHub, puts Mississippi 46th in the ability to find jobs, the best job opportunities, and the highest 49th in the entire country for monthly average starting salary. So salaries are really low in Mississippi, but that doesn't play a factor in the unemployment numbers. You are correct that salaries are low in Mississippi. We all know that Mississippi is a poor state. Having said that, salaries are increasing here in the state. And I looked at the uh, study to which you referred, and it basically calculated that Mississippi was not the best place to find a job, Uh, not so much based on the ease of finding a job or having a job or keeping a job, but instead based on the amount of the salaries and also the commute time. Well, of course, we're a poor state, which depresses the size of the salaries, and the commute time, we're a rural state. People tend to commute farther here for a job than they do in some other places. Having said that, per capita income is increasing here in the state, and I would add that one thing that offsets the salaries here is that we have a lower cost of living. Our cost of living is 15% below the national average. In fact, if you were living in a place like um, uh, Washington, D.C., and you moved to Mississippi, the cost of living here is actually 30 percent lower than it is in Washington. Mark Henry is the executive director of the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. Mark, thanks for talking with us this morning. Sure, Karen. Thank you so much for inviting me. Mississippi job seekers can download the MS Works app. It had nearly 35,000 jobs listed at the time we spoke. Coming up, the campaign to support the arts across the Magnolia State. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition. The chairwoman of the National Endowment for the Arts is in Mississippi to discuss the success of art initiatives in the state. The national agency awarded more than $850,000 to state organizations this year. NEA-supported groups include Poetry Out Loud, a poetry contest for high school students, the Museum of Art, Delta Blues Museum, and the B.B. King Museum. NEA's Jane Chu is encouraging Mississippians to continue boosting the arts within their communities. Jane Chu is chairman of the NEA, and she tells MPB's Alexis Ware they're the only funder that considers the entire nation. We've been thrilled at the National Endowment for the Arts to be able to uh, support arts through all, throughout all 50 states and all 435 congressional districts. Uh, the National Endowment for the Arts is the only funder of the arts in the nation that thinks about the entire nation. And so uh, whether that is urban areas, uh, densely populated or remote and rural areas or tribal areas, uh, we are about making sure that the arts are in every aspect of the nation because we've seen how the arts thrive in so many ways from uh, children who can participate in the arts. Uh, We've seen especially those who have a very few um, social or economic opportunities uh, begin to have a strong relationship between participating in the arts and their ability 
to improve academically. Uh, it evens the playing field for them to participate along with their peers. And we've seen the ways that uh, communities start to thrive as a result of uh, engaging in the arts. People want, find that they want to live in places that have vitality and, and meaning. So in so many different ways, the National Endowment for the Arts is not only thinking about the nation, but is thinking about the different aspects of how the arts infuse our everyday lives. And that's what we're all about. What is the status of NEA working with state agencies? We're so proud and uh, honored to be able to work with our state arts agencies because in all 50 states there are arts councils. Right off the top, the National Endowment for the Arts gives 40% of its budget to the state and regional arts organizations. And that together creates a partnership where every state can uh, re-grant those arts monies to be able to fit their states. Because, you know, when you've seen one state, you've only seen one state because everybody does things differently. So we're really shaping in the arts in America together, the National Endowment for the Arts, as well as our state partners. How can art benefit this area? We've seen the arts thrive in Mississippi in a number of different ways, from orchestras to dance. We've seen the blues and we've seen museums and we've seen community vitality get sparked as a result of arts grants from the National Endowment for the Arts. So it would not be helpful to think that the arts are only one project in one certain ways when they're surrounding in so many different ways and so many different disciplines. Chairman Jane Chu is with the National Endowment for the Arts. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you. 14% of funding from the National Endowment for the Arts goes to rural areas. Malcolm White is executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. He tells us art is beneficial to everyone. What I have learned is that the most successful people on the planet are people who engage both sides of their brain. So the problem we have is that the sort of core education these days doesn't include time for play and time for art and time for engagement. And so a lot of what we do is find ways to give grants to communities, give grants to organizations like museums and libraries so that kids who might not get an arts hour during the school day might get an after-hour arts hour. What is the importance of having a government-funded agency kind of help facilitate increasing art? Well, it's important because then you get equity. If you say, well, everybody should raise their own money, then the communities and the states that had money would have it and all the others would be left out. The role of government is to be democratic to make sure that everyone has access and equity to everything that everyone else has. And part of what the Arts Commission does is seek to make art available to every citizen, not just citizens who live in a community where there's a symphony, not just citizens who live in a community where there's an art museum. What are your concerns regarding funding cuts for agencies like the National Endowment for the Arts? It's every president's prerogative to present a proposed budget to Congress. It's every governor's prerogative to present a proposed budget to the legislature. Fortunately for the National Endowment for the Arts and for the Mississippi Arts Commission, the United States Congress and the Mississippi legislature deeply support the Arts Endowment and the Arts Commission. So there will always be supports to cut budgets and to downsize government. There, as long as there are people alive, you will hear people who propose 
to do away with or to downsize different parts of government. But we are very confident that the United States Congress and the Mississippi legislature believes in what we do and has now supported us for over 50 years and that they will continue to support us. And have you had community response about the different art facilities or art projects that they're seeing in their community? Is it a positive experience for many Mississippians? An arts experience is a very positive thing. It feeds the very soul of a human being. It, it triggers you know, the part of the brain that brings joy and uh, enlightenment. So anyone who attends an art event or takes an art class, they feel joy. They, they feel a celebration. That is the reaction. We are a positive emotion generator. So no matter where we go or how well we're funded, the result is always positive. Because of that, it works really well in education with schools. It helps with people with disabilities. It helps with, with the elderly. So, you know, we believe that we deliver a positive message and the response is almost always re- positive. Malcolm White is with the Mississippi Arts Commission. Thank you so much for speaking with me. My pleasure. Chu continues her state tour today in Clarksdale and Indianola. Coming up at 9 o'clock this morning, it's Money Talks at 10. It's in legal terms at 11. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy. I'm Karen Brown. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu.